Welcome, everybody, to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you are having a good Sunday. Hope your weekend has been going well. I hope you are ready to dive into the Word of God once again this morning with me as we continue our series on the Armor of God. Before we open up the Word of God this morning, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we thank you for another day, another day that you have given us to live for you. You put the breath that's in our lungs and allowed us to wake up today. Father, I pray that you will just have your way in our lives, not only today, but always. And Father, we just want to give you this time now over the next 30 minutes as we open up your word and talk about the armor that you have given us. Thank you, Lord. You do not leave us empty-handed at any time, no matter what the circumstance. You give us everything we need and more. And we praise you and thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your son, Jesus, for the salvation that you give us, Jesus. And I pray if anyone is listening today who has not received your forgiveness, your salvation, I pray they will today, Lord, that today will be their day of salvation. And I pray for believers who are listening today, God, that you will just encourage each one, lift each one up. Father, I know some listen as they're on their way to church services, as they're leaving church services. I know some are listening because they have to work. Some are delivery drivers and they're listening. Lord, just bless them. Keep them safe out on those roads. And Lord, I know there's some believers who are in prison who are listening. And I just want to lift them up to you, Father, and ask you to just give them that encouragement that they need this morning, Father. Lord, we, we love you. And thank you again for this opportunity to share your gospel on the radio. We give you all praise, all honor, and all glory. In Jesus' holy name we pray in. Amen. For the past two weeks, we have been talking about the individual pieces of the armor of God. We started out with the belt of truth. Then last week, we were talking about the breastplate of righteousness. Today, we're going to talk about shoes. Part of the armor of God described by the Apostle Paul is shoes, shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. So what are shoes? Why are they important about the gospel? What is the gospel of peace? We're going to talk about all that and more this morning. The shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. This is the third piece of armor Paul mentions in Ephesians chapter 6. And again, that's our key text for this whole series. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Again, just want to encourage you to read that and just let God speak to you through his word. But this third piece of armor that Paul talks about is the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, I've mentioned back at the beginning of this series that at some point in time, God gave Paul this analogy of the armor of God by looking at the Romans' armor, because he was under house arrest for two years, and he saw that armor all the time, and God just really gave him this analogy, this illustration, if you will, of the armor that he gives us by looking at the Roman soldier's armor. So what purpose did shoes serve a Roman soldier, and what purpose do these shoes serve us? We're going to talk about that. In Acts, we read about how the Apostle Paul's brothers in Christ had gathered around, and they were desperately trying to keep Paul, to convince Paul to abandon his plans to go to Jerusalem. They had heard prophecies about the fate that awaited him on his journey, and they just didn't want to lose Paul. But Paul himself said that he did not know what to expect. 
except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. That's in Acts chapter 20, verse 23. Paul's brothers and his fellow workers, they just couldn't bear the thought that their friend was willingly walking into this situation, and they begged him to reconsider. But God, through his Holy Spirit, had summoned Paul to Jerusalem. And we see that in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. And Paul was intent on answering that call. When Paul surrendered his life to Jesus, his intent each and every day was to do the will of the Father. And he was doing that again in this situation. And knowing that this upcoming trip to Jerusalem could very well mean the end of his life. He says to his brothers, who were again trying to dissuade him from going, in Acts chapter 21, verse 13, Paul says, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, that's the kind of faith that I want to have. Paul is such a phenomenal example to us of the faith that we need and the life that we need to live where all that matters is Jesus Christ and telling others about him. Now, Paul, he didn't just write about the armor of God. He also wore it. And at this time in his life, he was able to call upon the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. He found protection and strength in the knowledge of what God's gospel meant for him and for the others he shared that good news with. His footing was sure and unshakable and he was prepared to carry the gospel wherever God sent him. We have to ask ourselves, are we ready to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to carry it with us wherever God sends us? We need to be. We have to be. Shoes like the belt. At first, you look at those two items and you think, does that really have anything to do with spiritual armor? Sure, they're great to have shoes. Everybody likes to have shoes. But Aren't they more of a convenience than a necessity? And are they really all that important in this armor of God? Through studying the belt of truth, we know how important the belt of truth is. And the shoes are so important as well. In this lesson, we will learn why the spiritual shoes matter and why we need to make sure we're equipped with them before we go onto the battlefield. As you think about a soldier, imagine a soldier, a Roman soldier, or a modern-day soldier even. But back then, the, the, the Roman soldier would have had his sword, his shield, his helmet, his breastplate, his belt, but his feet completely bare. That doesn't make much sense, does it? The, the picture, you see that picture and you're like, something is seriously missing here. The soldier has everything else, but he has no shoes on his feet. And just by thinking about it, we, we can say this soldier is not ready for battle. And the problem goes beyond just looking strange or looking out of place. This shoeless soldier, he could run into some serious trouble out in the heat of battle. Because unless he's fighting on AstroTurf or something soft like that, which that's not going to be the case, uh, he's going to encounter some debris. It may be nothing more than twigs and pebbles, but to a bare foot, that can cause serious pain. And one of the last things you want to deal with in the middle of a fight is worrying about where you're going to step. You, you shouldn't even have to worry about that because you have on your shoes or like soldiers today, they have on their boots. And so we see from a standpoint of a Roman soldier how important shoes are. 
Now, what is the gospel of peace? And are there different gospels in the Bible? Well, let's look at some scripture here. Matthew chapter 24, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 15. And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. The gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of the kingdom of God, the gospel of the grace of God, the gospel of peace. These are all some descriptions attached to the word gospel throughout the New Testament. So some people may think, do all these different qualifiers mean that there are multiple gospels set forth in the Bible? Well, no, there's one gospel. And the Greek word for gospel is translated, when it's translated, simply means good news. So when we share the gospel, we are sharing good news. That's what the word means. So it's maybe described, may have a qualifier in front of it saying the gospel of the kingdom or the gospel of peace or the gospel of God, as, as we read in these scriptures. But it's, it's the same gospel. It's the same good news. And this good news of the kingdom of God includes the good news about Jesus Christ, the king, his grace, unmerited pardon, and his plan of salvation for all mankind. This plan gives us peace now. So you see how it becomes the gospel of peace or how how it can be called the gospel of peace because we're talking about the grace of God, his unmerited pardon, and the good news about his son, Jesus Christ. God sent Jesus here to earth to die for our sins and raised him back to life from the dead to give all who believe eternal life. So that's, that's the gospel. That's the good news. And it should give us peace and it will bring peace to the whole world. This is the message that God's people should be eager to share with others. Our loving Father is preparing us all for a future beyond imagination and description. So this good news, we've got to share it with others. We don't want to hide good news. When we hear something good or when something good happens in our lives, we tell others. This is the greatest news ever. So we have to tell people about this good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what does the gospel have to do with shoes? Let's look at some more scripture. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 15. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of great things. Now, God's church is sent to announce the good news of God's kingdom. By announcing this good news, 
It will spread God's way of peace around the world, the whole world. And having our shoes on, we are ready to move and to spread these glad tidings to others. So you're seeing how shoes to spread the gospel is, is so important. The shoes of the preparation for the gospel of peace. So you, you begin to see how shoes really do matter. And they definitely belong in this armor that we're talking about, the armor of God. Now in Paul's days, back when the apostle Paul was on, walked on this earth, he walked countless miles in delivering the good news. We know that today transportation and communication has definitely changed since the days the Apostle Paul walked on this earth. But we must also be constantly ready to do our part to spread the good news. Now, there are parts of the world where you do have to walk pretty much everywhere you go. And I've experienced that. I've been blessed to go to a number of different nations to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And We've done a lot of walking. I remember one time Martha and I were in the Philippines and we we had a team with us. And one day, uh, Brother Pierre Lucian, who he he and his wife Lori have Give Us Hope Mission, uh, which is an awesome ministry to Haiti. They live here in Dothan. And Pierre went with us on this trip. And Pierre and I went with our Filipino brothers to a very rural, mountainous village. And we had to walk up a mountain and well we walked down the mountain pretty much and we walked across two rivers now we didn't walk on the water we we walked through it (laughs) but we walked through two rivers and finally made our way to this village and we were the first foreigners to ever go to this village but we had to do it by walking and then we had to walk back across the two rivers walk back up the mountain to get back to our home base and to get back to our family and friends who were waiting for us to return. So we got a good understanding of walking. And when we were in Haiti with Pierre, we did a lot of walking there too, including walking up a pretty steep mountain in the heat of the day. So we got a a little taste of what our early brothers and sisters in Christ went through. And shoes were definitely very important because if we didn't have shoes on, walking to that rural mountain village, I never would have made it. Now, Pierre's a little tougher than I am being Haitian, but uh, <laughs> neither one of us would have made it. And walking up that mountain in Haiti, we, we wouldn't have made it without without shoes. So shoes are an extremely important part of the armor of God. Let's continue with some more scripture here. Romans chapter 3, verse 17. And the way of peace they have not known. In spite of all human attempts at peace, it is so clear, and we can see it every day on the news, read about it in news reports, that this world knows nothing about the road to peace. It's just a lot of hatred, a lot of crime, a lot of wars. None of that brings about peace. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk as he walked. So following the steps of Jesus is the way to real peace. If you want peace in your life, follow Jesus, follow in his footsteps, and you will find peace. John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The sandals of a Roman soldier they were often filled they were often fitted with nails or armed with spikes to make their hold firm in the ground so as they walked they wouldn't slip they would have a firm hold onto the ground so a solid 
solid foundation. Now, God's good news and our mission, our marching orders, is to preach, and it serves as our firm foundation, to preach the Word of God. That's that's our firm foundation, the Word of God. We've got to stand on the Word of God to have that solid foundation that we build our lives upon, that we build the ministry that God has called each of us to. You may be saying, again, I'm not a preacher. I don't have a ministry or a church, but no, you may not have any of that, but you still have a ministry. One, it's your family. Two, it's your friends. Three, it's your co-workers. Four, it's anyone else that God brings into your life or across your path. That's the mission field. Everywhere we go, we're on mission. We're on the mission field. And when we truly allow ourselves to take comfort in the good news promised by God, again, we got to be in his word. But when we allow ourselves to take comfort in, in his good news, there is nothing outside ourselves that can trouble our hearts or give us reason to be afraid. Christ came to overcome the world, John 16, 33. And so we have nothing to fear from it. There's nothing in this world that we should be frightened of because Jesus has already overcome the world. And if we are a believer and we're following Jesus, he is in us. So whatever we face, there's nothing to be afraid of. Trust in Jesus, trust in his word. That's why we have to know his word and stand upon his word as that solid foundation. Then we cannot be moved. Luke chapter 10, verses 19 and 20. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Just as shoes allow us to walk on otherwise painful terrain without fear, so the preparation of the gospel of peace allows us to traverse this otherwise painful trials and tribulations of life without fear. We all go through different kind of pains in our life, don't we? We all have trials. We all have have tribulation. Well, we can walk through all of that without fear, knowing that what awaits is greater than anything we could possibly suffer in this world. God has prepared for us an everlasting life that would just blow our minds if we could see everything he's, he's doing. He has prepared eternity for you and for me and for all who believe And so whatever we go through here in this life, just know it's only for a moment. Because when you think about eternity, which we know goes on and on and never ends, then however long we are here on this earth, some live very short lives. Some have lived over a hundred years. In biblical times, they lived a lot more than that back in the Old Testament days. But in the span of eternity, that's just a drop in the bucket. So whatever trials and tribulation you may be going through right now, hold on. Hold on tightly to the unchanging hand of Jesus Christ because he's got you. And he's going to bring you through this. And one day, that glorious day when we see Jesus face to face, we'll say, you know what? It was more than worth it to hold on to Jesus and not give up because now I see perfection. I see my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So hold on, and and he will give you peace in the midst of any trial, any tribulation, any storm that we go through. Have you ever thought of why is it called the gospel of peace? Let's look at a couple of different scriptures out of Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah 
chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall come forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and rebuke many people. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning forks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The Bible makes makes it clear, very clear, that when God's kingdom is established, the entire world begins to live for God, and people will be faithful. The result in peace will be universal. There will be no more war, no more fear, only peace and peace that comes from God and the way and God's way of life. See, so God has this all planned out. Are we ready to be in his plan? Are we in his plan? And if you are, praise God. Don't waver. Keep going forward in Jesus. And if you're not, then I encourage you to call upon the name of the Lord today and be saved. Because this, this eternity thing I'm talking about is so real and it's so true. There is a heaven, there is a hell. If we reject Jesus now, while we're here on this earth, that we deny him and we don't live for him, then hell, eternal punishment, is eternity. But the good news is if we receive Jesus now, we receive his forgiveness, his love, his life, we receive his salvation, and he's Lord and Savior of our lives, then we will be with him forever and ever and ever in the presence of Almighty God for all eternity. I encourage you this morning to call upon the name of Jesus the best you know how. There's no set prayer that's in the Bible that says this is how you got to pray to be saved. I do like to lead people in prayer just as that beginning point for you giving your life to Jesus, making that confession. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says that if we can confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. So I encourage you to pray something like this, God, I come to you a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins, which I know means my disobedience to you. And I ask you to cleanse me from all my unrighteousness and ask you to save my soul. I confess, Jesus, that you are my Lord. And I believe with all my heart that God raised you from the dead on the third day. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for living for me and giving me eternal life. I give my life to you. I ask you to fill me with your spirit and help me day by day to live for you. If you pray that prayer 
or something similar, God meets you right where you're at. So just talk to him, call out to him. I'd encourage you to contact me. I'd love to give you some next steps. I'd love to send you some material. You can call our 11 Action Office at 334-494-4995, 334-494-4995. You can email me at ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. That's ken.tuck at loveinactionministries.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions at all, please contact me. would love to hear from you. God has given his church, those of us who are followers of Christ, a tremendous job, a big job, the greatest job ever, and that's to share the gospel of the kingdom of God to the entire world. And this is called the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, where Jesus says that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all I have commanded you, and I am with you always to the end of the age. That's the Great Commission, and that is for every believer, not just for his disciples when he told them that in Matthew just before he ascended to heaven. That's for all of us who are followers of Christ to go and tell people, about him and to make disciples train somebody it's like a student and a teacher where, where you teach the student what the certain subject maybe math english or what have you but this time you're teaching them to live for jesus that's making a disciple and god tells us to do that through his great commission so i encourage you to take some time today to consider a person or some people a group of people who need to hear this good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and pray for those people. Make a list. Just just write their names down. My wife does such a wonderful job of doing this. Just write down the names of people you know who need Jesus, who are not saved, and start praying for them and asking God to draw them to himself asking the Holy Spirit to open up the eyes of their hearts to see truth, to see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only way to the Father, that Jesus is the one and only true Son of God, the Messiah, Savior of mankind, and pray for them, and then talk with them. Share your testimony. Share what Jesus is doing in your life. Share some scripture with them. If they're in another part of the country or the world that you can't go to right now, then keep praying for them and ask God to send people to them. I like what Brother Andrew says. Brother Andrew's one who he's a phenomenal man of God. He's very elderly now, but has just an incredible, incredible ministry. I encourage you to read God's Smuggler. Uh, it's a book about him and how he got started live, uh, being a Christian and, and started a ministry. But Brother Andrew says, Prayer goes to places we cannot. Prayer goes to places we cannot. So pray. It's so important to pray and then share. Share the good news. Share the gospel of Jesus Christ with somebody today, somebody this week. I guarantee you once you do, the first time you do, you'll realize you can do this because as Jesus says in the Great Commission, he is with us always. So he's right there with you. And once you do, 
you will want to share Jesus over and over and over again with people. So share Jesus with somebody today, with somebody this week. Pray for those who, who need him and put on the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace to stand firm on the word of God and to take his gospel message to the world. Thank you for joining me this morning on Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day, and I hope this week coming up is going to be a good one for you. May God bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.